0: Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Silverbrush Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, which is also the campus of Nicolay Bible Institute, which is a one-year Bible college that we host here where you can come and hang out, um, take some Bible classes. doesn't matter what field of life you want to go in, whether it's into ministry, whether it's into medical or X, Y, or Z, it's really a place where you can come and get a biblical foundation, learn how to serve. And for us, that's the context of camping ministry, And then go out from there. And I could tell you it's it's a small context and you get hooked up with a mentor for the year. And uh, I would say everybody that I've uh, run into enjoys the period of life if they've come to MBI as a foundational pillar that helped them out as they step forward. And so I encourage you to head over to NicolayBibleInstitute.org and you could check out our one year Bible college program or just come up and visit sometime. And we'd love to show you around and talk you through it. Um, But that's us up here in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, Silver Ranch. And uh, if you're just joining into us for the first time, I encourage you to head out and check out our podcasts, because oftentimes uh, we we love to talk and we don't cram it all into one podcast at a time. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. So if we happen to say something that you want to re-listen to or just kind of listen to the things that we've said in the past, I encourage you to head over to silvertranch.org and check out our podcasts. And uh, get caught up on what we do. Really, the premise of the show is to talk about daily life. I'm young. Dave's old. And so we there have two go. different generations Summary. that we're trying to talk from and speak from. But a lot of times when you're, you're focused on the truth, oftentimes um, we, we tend to agree on a lot of things. We do. Um, and a secret about Dave. And he won't admit this, but don't let him. Tell it, you otherwise. What is it? He loves peeps, regardless it, of the time of year. It loves do, peeps. No,
1: no. Peeps have a special place of destruction. One day, that's it.
0: <laughs> you can't destroy him, though. That's the problem. Well, I know, that, <laughs> but God can't.
1: So I think he will. I, I mean, just my thought. I, I have no biblical reference for that, or no scriptural reference. That's so it's fair. probably heretical in what I just said. But that's all right. Peeps of all things. Ugh, yeah. They, there is no reason for that food. It's not a food. Is something a food that has no nutritional value whatsoever?
0: Uh, it could be. Okay.
1: I'm just wondering how we define know. food. Well, because it, it's it, got
0: calories.
1: Well, big deal. Probably cardboard does too to a certain degree, I, I would imagine. It's fair. But I don't know if that's food.
0: So, okay. Maybe maybe you could do a peep challenge and see no, for a I, week if you I just can't. ate peeps.
1: I can't. I can't do anything with peeps. <laughs> It's I like, mean, we could do different. I types look of peeps. at them and I get disgusted. I we, look at them on a display at a store and I go, "Ugh!" It's just like I'm repelled. <laughs> it's terrible. Anyways, we and digress. I know. I, I enjoy your peeps if you like them. I just don't send me any, especially now they come all these fancy peeps with colors and shapes and at least they used to just be yellow little chick things, but now they're who knows what? Yeah, probably have Darth Vader peeps for all I know. Anyway, we were talking gonna... about last time, Proverbs twenty two six. Now, one of the fun things you could do with your kids, and I would encourage you, Jason, to do this, is you, you read Proverbs and you just talk about it in kid talk. Yeah. I was talking to the uh, students and I was teaching a, um, a the doctrinal lesson, if you want to call it a doctrinal section on the Holy Spirit, and I try to make things as simple as possible. And the Holy Spirit, the, the main job of the Holy Spirit in the Bible is is the Holy Spirit is the, the communicator. Yeah. If you look at how the Holy Spirit works, when you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit convicts you, that kind of thing. It's communicating with you what God is saying in, in his word. He also will speak to God on your behalf. It, he communicates. He's the communicator. Yeah. I call him the introvert of the Trinity. He, he, he never really brings attention to himself. He's always pointing to God. He's always pointing to Jesus, but he doesn't point to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. He said, "When I leave, you know, this is a good thing because the Holy Spirit will live in you." But the Holy Spirit doesn't really work towards understand making Himself very visible. Yeah, that's just the characteristic of the Holy Spirit. But one of the things I really enjoy as I teach the Holy Spirit to. Uh, or about the Holy Spirit to to young people, is the fact that a communicator knows how to communicate. And they communicate differently to people. Yeah. So if you're talking to an eight-year-old, you talk differently than if you're talking to somebody who's got their degree in uh, astrophysics or whatever it might be, and you're talking about stars. You, You might, you'll talk differently. It's okay. That's what you do. You adjust your communication according to the individual that you're talking to so that they get it. Yeah. And you and I have talked about this when it comes to like groups that come to camp. Oh, absolutely. We, you yeah. know, we have a, a group, maybe a family camp that's up here and everyone's in the chapel. So you have kids kindergarten all the way up that are listening. Well, you have to adjust to that. Yeah. You can't just speak to 20 year olds. Mm hmm. You're going to miss the older, you're going to miss the younger. So you adjust to what you say according to the crowd that you're talking to. So you can read, like, Proverbs with your kids, mm-hmm. and it may not be their language or they get it, but you could probably put that in a language they get. Yeah. You know, and that's what the challenge would be. So, for example, we were talking about Proverbs twenty-two six: train up a child the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. It'd be fun talking to a kid about that. Mm-hmm. What is it to be old? Uh, you know, teenager. Okay, yeah. You know I mean? Yep. Now you get to see their perspective. And so when you say old, that's what they're thinking. They're thinking teenager. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's really hard to explain the verse to them at yeah. this point. But it's fun because you're getting into their head and you're learning how to communicate better with them because you're asking them to tell you what this just said.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're going to tell you, and they're not going to be wrong with their interpretation as far as their own understanding, yeah, So you can read it to them and ask them and then you can actually have a dialogue and slowly move them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, to where they can understand it. Because even the next verse says the rich rules over the poor and the bower, borrower is the slave of the lender. There's a principle there. Yeah. What does that mean to a kid? How old is your oldest?
0: Uh, just turned eight.
1: So what does that mean to an eight year old? Yeah. You know, I mean, they'd look at it like a, I don't know, rich people rule. hmm. Well, okay. Well, let's talk about <laughs> let, let's talk about that a little bit. That's right. You know, first of all, what is it to be rich? Mm-hmm. Who is rich? I guarantee you, they'll say we're not.
0: <laughs> or he'd be like, "Well, it's a guy at camp."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a guy named Rich over there. Can you imagine what it's? I love act? how I love how literal kids are sometimes. Yeah, can you believe? Uh, sometimes you'd be amazed at your saying a verse, and th- if you could get into their head.
0: Oh man, I I. I never realized how literal we are naturally until you work with kids, you know, because they literally, no pun, I guess. no Right. You know, they take it literal all the time, you know, and it's you got to remember that. Yeah. You know, and they don't understand sarcasm either. Right. You know, because it's they take it literally.
1: Yep, You know, for years, I thought there was an angel named Harold. Hark, Harold, the angel sang.
0: That's true. I, I literally I did like, as a yeah, kid. I, I thought that.
1: there was an angel named Harold in the Christmas story. There you go. And when I got older, I realized that's not what it said. <laughs> 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 My mind yeah, is blown. It's like, hark the Harold angels say, not Harold the angel. It, it's what you hear oh, as yeah. a kid. That's I mean, funny. I, I went back once. I was remembering all these stupid things I believed when I was a kid. Because I thought I heard them that way. And when you do that, it, it's not wrong to be a kid and it's not wrong to hear it that way. Right. But it's amusing yeah. if you can figure it out because you can enjoy talking to kids if you can just ask them and listen to what they actually say so that you can help understand what's really being said. Right. And, and you don't make fun of them and you don't do anything else. It's just like, oh, this is what you think? Mm hmm. So somebody, a kid that's reading, the rich rules over the poor, an eight-year-old, and what they think of that. Yeah. You know what is? Why is that statement in the Bible even? Mm-hmm. And and what does it be? What is it to be a borrower or, or a lender? Yeah. Well, let them know early. You know, I mean, this is what happens. Yeah. Some people actually borrow a lot of money, and then the people they owe it to them, and they really do need to pay it back. Yeah. And here's what it means. And you can give it to them in very simple terms. If you do that, you know what you know what it does. It opens up God's word to your children,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because now they'll come to you and tell you, you know, Dad, I was reading the next one, Proverbs twenty two eight. Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity. What in the world are we talking about? Yeah. Now they're not afraid to ask it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I really don't use those words sows injustice,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and yet there are so many times where kids start to pretend. That they understand. They it. understand it. Yep. It's okay that they don't, and they shouldn't. Yeah. We don't use those words, and I I bet you you and your your wife never used. I don't want you to sow injustice today, kids.
0: That's
2: right. Really huh?
1: Yeah. I, it's not what we use, so it's okay for them to ask, and it's even better for you to assume they don't know. Yeah. And then sit down. So some some people think that you need to have this real formal devotional all the time. I. I'm not in that camp personally mm-hmm. some really and, and if you are you, blessings on you I'm just never was yeah I, I think you' try and integrate your faith in the Bible and everything you do mm-hmm. and that's was the role that I that as a dad I wanted to play. I, I didn't want to say now we're having devotions but after this we're all pagan mm. for the next three hours while we watch these bad TV programs. Mm-hmm. you know I, I didn't want to do that I wanted to talk about the TV programs in the context of the Bible yeah while it was going on going to help people okay we're not gonna talk about it in the Bible and then close it and eat and and that go help somebody right so I, I would encourage you to think in terms if you're a parent how do I how do I talk about God in the Bible and make it like a regular normal part of our conversation And not make it just for 15 minutes where everyone knows now we're in devotions or half hour and then pray. I am not against the 15 minute half hour. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you, I didn't do it because I didn't find value in segmenting life like that.
0: Right. You just want to be all included in everything.
1: Right. But that could be part of my personality. I don't know
0: right well even as we were talking about in the last show you know and if you missed it I encourage you head over supertrans.org to check out the podcast but you know we brought up proverbs and you know we read the verse train a child up in the way or in the path that it should go you know and I think part of it is understanding that living for God is is a holistic lifestyle and not necessarily a compartmentalized thing I think sometimes in our culture we we almost see evidence of this compartmentalization where it's like you know, oh, Sunday, that's my church day. Right. You know, youth group day, that's my church day. And then all of a sudden, outside of that, you know, you could do whatever you want. You could watch whatever you want. You know, it's like, well, I know there's swearing in that show, or I know there's nudity yeah. in that show, but I know it's wrong. But it's like, well, is it okay to still watch? Yeah. You know? And then there's, you know, and I'm not trying to open up Pandora's box, but then you try to sometimes justify it. It's like, well, I don't want to be a legalistic. Right. What does that mean? You know, and so all of a sudden here you take something so simple by compartmentalizing it and you're teaching your kids like, well, this is when you do it and that's the only time you do it. Whereas I like what you're saying, Dave, where you just try to engage in everyday life and be like, no, here's. You know why? You know why we're watching this or not watching this. Here's why we're listening to this, not listening to this. Right. And all of a sudden, it's it's more than just a devotional time. It's like, no, here's what the Bible says, yeah. and because the Bible says this, the way that we should live this, you know, we should engage and you know, we should be mindful or think about. All right, if this music is saying this, or this person in this TV show is saying this, should we really watch it? Do you think it's a good thing for us to watch? And all of a sudden, now you're having dialogue and a conversation in an everyday way, and it helps them to see, wow, okay. You know, it's it's more than just this reading a Bible story and talking about it. Right. It's it, a lifestyle. It, it
1: is interesting to see how many parents will see something. They're together as a family. They see something on television, and they don't say anything. Yeah. It's uncomfortable to say something. Right. Or something. They don't want their kids to think that way. Well, they are thinking that way. Yeah. They're watching it with you.
0: Right. Well, and sometimes you can even tell. They, like, look. Yeah. You know, especially as they get older. It's like, right. yeah. are you going to say something? Are you going to do anything? You know, because they... You've trained them already to know that. Uh, oh, you know their ears are perked. You know what's yep. going to happen. Yeah,
1: it was clear in our house. I had two daughters growing up. If there was something on television where uh, the obvious lady in there was very indecently dressed, yeah, we switched channels or turned it off. Yeah, and and it was obvious that's what was going to happen. Yeah, and again, it was, you know, we just said, you know what, they could dress better. I didn't really condemn them anything else. It's like we don't need to see that right. in that sense. And But there's always, I think, an opportunity for us to, to have an ongoing relationship with God demonstrated to our children, and, and that's important. For example, the, the next verse, actually, in the ninth verse of the 22nd chapter, it says, whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he shares his bread with the poor. We were just talking about that off air, actually, how important it is. It, you know, In the Northwoods, I was astonished by a few things when I got here. Mm-hmm. And I was a part of it unfortunately in some areas, but um I learned i one of the things I learned is like if you're a hunter and you know where the deer are, you don't want to tell anybody mm. well, how is somebody supposed to learn to hunt then right? Why don't you tell us how to do it and where to go because mm-hmm. it's my area, okay, well, then teach me the process to learn the area, yeah, you know, do something where I can learn how to do this mm-hmm. and or or in my case, it was. Uh, the first years, I I picked a lot of berries. I thought, those are my patches. And my wife pointed it out to me. Dave, that's not how you act. Mm-hmm. And she told me that in front of the kids. You know, that's not how you act. Yeah, it, You need to be generous with that. Yeah. And I thought, these are my berries. Oh, yeah, you grew them. You cultivated them. Those are wild. Yeah, They're anybody's berries. And I would come back sometime, and somebody else had found my patch, and she'd go, you're you're kinda grumpy. Somebody find your blackberry patch? Yeah, there's a guy in there. It's like, ooh, this is yours in the national forest and they found it.
0: <laughs> you know, it's like that you did nothing yeah, for Yeah, that you grow. did nothing for in the first place. And that if right. there are
1: like a hundred other patches like that around. That's right. It's like, okay, I get the point. Now it's totally different. Um now in my life when I find a resource like that, one of the I have found what a joy it is to give it away. Yeah. And it seems like I just find more. Mm-hmm. Resources like that. So I give it away. And you find more and you give it away. Right. And and now to see the next generation doing that too? Yeah. That's what you teach at home when you have something, you can teach your kids to always be generous, not by telling them during devotion time to be generous. But to be generous.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Make what are you good at? Make bread. Wh- yeah. Whatever you. And go share it with somebody. Mm-hmm. Have the kids go with you and share it. We've made this. We want to give you some of it. Yeah. Now you're teaching them something. You have something. You do well. You share it with other people and watch how thankful they are. Yeah. That's really devotions right there. Mm-hmm. And that's why I encourage you to do in life, not to segment it. Um, I also encourage parents, be very careful because sometimes all right, th- this could get us in trouble a little bit, so we'll see where this goes. Kay. But sometimes we want our children to sit in church services and listen to people they can't understand. Mm. So what we do from a very early age is train them to tune out in church. Yeah. Train up a child the way they should go. They won't depart from it when they get older. There are many adults who have trouble tuning in in church.
0: Because they're used to tuning out. They're used to it. Yeah.
1: They've they've been told just sit there and think or draw or do something else, but just don't. And and they're used to it. now the defense on that. Some parents will say, well, they're looking at us and learning from us, listening. Well, they do see you listening, yeah. and maybe you're taking notes, and maybe they see that. And I'm not going to take that away. That that very well could be. However, you're also training them to turn on and off their minds when somebody's in this situation. Yeah. And that is uh, not a real healthy thing to be able to do. It's not going to be healthy for him in school, and it's not going to be healthy for him there. I would rather put a child somewhere where you can engage their mind. Yeah. And always, my brother, who's a, a pastor, and you know him, used to tell us all the time when when he was a youth pastor, it's a sin to bore a kid. Mm. Don't do it. Yeah. Now I can't find a Bible verse that says that, but it, 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 you know that was his take on it. Don't bore them. Because once you bore them, you get them into this habit. Um, in fact, we had discussions about this. I grew up in the era where we went from King James version only mm-hmm. to a lot of different versions. Yeah. My dad, who was Mister Conservative, really led the charge on that. He left his King James, went to NIV, and he would do whatever. Yeah. And uh, his friends thought he was a heretic. You know, how dare you leave the King James? But again, on an educational viewpoint, we don't speak the King James English anymore. No. So having a child read the King James and not understand what it says right. is probably, in my estimation, hurting his long-term relationship with God, not helping, right. because he's learned that he can't understand the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing you want to teach children, mm-hmm. is that the Bible has concepts that you can't understand. It has words that you can't understand. You have to accept that. So just read it. And it, it's not that important that you grab it. Yeah. Not good. I, I don't think we want to do that. So as an educator, as a parent, as a grandparent age, I'm I'm sitting there thinking, No, that's I wanna give a child verses he can grasp. And if even if I'm reading the ESV here. If I'm reading something like, whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed. Mm-hmm. What did the kid hear on that one?
0: Yeah. It's like, what?
1: Yeah. So I want to talk to them about it. I don't want them to just read it on their own because I want to help them understand what just got said. Yeah. Because I think they're trying to think of the eye mm-hmm. at this point. And what's a bountiful eye? Right. No idea. I don't even know what that is. Right. A bountiful eye. Mm-hmm. So I have to put it in context somehow and figure out what is that actually saying, and I can translate to the kid. So I think it's important you don't segment your life. I think it's important. I know you say that, and then you go, "Yeah, but you segment them in church, then you put them in a different place where they hear." Well, either that or the pastor and the teaching there has to go to their level. Right. I mean, if you're, you can do that as a pastor. Uh, when I used to run the stables up here years ago, we had. We have horses at Silverbridge Ranch. And we had different levels that we put people out on rides. And the rule simply was you have to ride to the level of the poorest rider on the ride. Mm-hmm. So we were always adjusting ourselves. So as a, a guy who worked with horses and, and riders for many years, I would quickly watch them all get on their horse. Yeah, it, There's a dead giveaway when you get on whether you know what you're doing or not. <laughs> So I would watch that, and I'd say, okay, put that one behind me. Yeah. Why? I want to watch that one. I want to see how they ride. Yeah. And so I would quickly evaluate that one, and, and that would determine, the one that I determined, the weakest rider, that would determine exactly what I did on the ride. Yeah. So I would either walk the whole ride, and it, and when people got off, they'd all, oh, that was a boring ride. We walked. It's hard to say, well, the person behind me would have fell off. Yeah but always always i ask people to be honest when they signed up mm-hmm. you know if you really are not a very good rider please sign up for the beginner ride and if you're if you if you've ridden a few times you're comfortable trotting and sign up for the intermediate ride and so i tell them but people lied yeah and that's why i always had to do that and mm-hmm. i think as i look at any audience that i speak to I wanna be able to speak to the heart of the person who's the simplest in the group. Mm-hmm. So I need to adjust to that person. Yeah. And I found that if I do that, the rest of the people will get something out of it too. Yeah. Now, the problem with that is you, you gotta draw the line somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have complete families in there and you've got kindergartners in there, it's really hard to say anything Mm -hmm. at this point because they're not gonna grab all of it. And that's more of a systemic problem than it is um, a teaching problem because we have to change the system that does that if if possible. Or parents have to be more responsible and say, okay, we're gonna talk about this later. There's some words that were used or ideas and we'll convey it to you. So that afterwards the child understands, okay, there was something said that I should understand,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but I didn't. And then my parents have to explain it to me later, yeah, so I want to get to the point where I get it, so that's the way I would handle it if I were a parent, and just to make sure they knew that something actually was said that they missed mm-hmm. and try and tell them very simply what what that guy up there rambled about for all that time, right you know, because they were already bored, so anyway, I think it's interesting when you go through that and you make life uh your devotional instead of in, in moments and you you're careful about realizing. If you're training them to read things they can't understand, that's a long-term problem. If you're training them to sit in a place where they can't understand, that's a long-term problem. Mm-hmm. Even if they're singing worship songs they don't understand, that's a long-term problem. Yeah. So why not work at making sure that we don't create a long-term problem? And that goes back to training up a child the way he should go. Even when he's old, he won't depart from it. Because you're looking at the path. Right. And the path is... I want them to understand what's going on. I want them to be able to r- interact with it, and if not, I want to make sure they do later by talking to them. And that's your job as a dad. I mean, mm-hmm. to I hope that that all the parents, and obviously you, Jason, as well, when you hear a message and you're with the kids, you're thinking in terms of okay, they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So now we have to, you know, I want to go back intentionally and admit to them they didn't get it mm-hmm. so that they don't get in the habit of not listening. Yeah, I want them to know that I know that, and here's why we stayed. You know, it's, it, it's just hard to talk to people in all ages, so here's why we stayed. But then I'll go over in maybe 30 seconds what that pastor just said mm-hmm. so that they get it, and then I'll tell them, I, I hope you look forward to one day understanding that Yeah, so that they don't get in the habit of thinking it's okay to not get it. So, I know, all, all of us can say at some point that we rem- we'll sit in a service and not hear what's being said.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. absolutely, yeah.
1: Got trained somehow to do that. Um, that The word train, by the way, in the verses, as says train up, means to instill. When you instill something or impute something, what what it is is, is constantly putting it in. Mm-hmm. So this training thing is really, Uh, something that is a constant you know till this day um, and I've done this with you Jason because you're same age as my kids Uh, I've told you take notes yeah take notes of God's goodness see I, I still say I'm responsible as an older person to tell you to keep looking at what's right yeah and to take note of what's right that doesn't end ever in the educational process for anybody. And that's what this verse is saying. Train up a child, always be looking how to put into their life what's right, always. Mm -hmm. If I'm with your children, that's what I'm thinking for them. How do I put into them something that's right? Um, My wife, she is phenomenal at it. Yeah. I, I, I just call her the teacher. She's with a child, and she kicks into this weird gear of, I got to teach him something. Mm-hmm. That's instilling. That's training up. That's the idea that's in this verse. Yeah, That's our job to do as older people. You're an older person to your kids. That's your job, and it will never change. Right. You're always looking for that opportunity.
0: So right. anyway. You know, and I think even as parents, the more that as you try to explain it to your kids, even the greater understanding that you have of it. Oh, absolutely. You know, because there's still things that we read. It's like, well, what does that say? You know, and if you have to turn around and explain it to somebody, especially in a simple context of words that a child will understand, all of a sudden it, it, it in, in a weird way, forces you to make sure that you're understanding it. Yeah, ask um, them
1: to tell you what they've, hearing it. Right. That's important. Yeah. Because you'll be amused.
0: And that's the cool thing is it's a growth process for all. But unfortunately, we're out of time here. I encourage you to, um, you know, feel free to re-listen to this. Head over to silverbridgeranch.org and check out our podcast or even check out some of the other episodes or shows that we've done. But for now, this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. We'll see you here next time. Take care. Bye-bye.